Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Welcome in to Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 272. KB and Matt coming at you live from Underground Studios. As always, show is sponsored by our incredible local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, who just re-upped with us, Matt. The, the OG sponsor, Main Auto LLC. Absolutely. Uh, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, just re-upped with us again fantastic stuff uh they have done nothing but support us uh since the beginning so big shout out to security 21 paul j gillespie incorporated again just re-upped with us the sponsors keep rolling in uh bob novig automall mark ronchetti cpa llc and the dental wellness center of vineland and of course powered by tomahawk shades you see me wear them every single show tomahawk shades is the best blue light plus glasses company in the business they also have your typical standard sunglasses they've got new watches which i'm pretty sure are close to being sold out since they just restocked them plus a wide range of their own merch and everything and they've been rocking with us since right before the pandemic hit so you know you can trust them tomahawk shades number one in the business in my book in our book and they should be in your book and when you head to their website tomahawkshades.com Use the promo code USP at checkout. Saves you 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. And right now, all orders $75 and over qualify for free shipping. And of course, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, our friends over at Manscaped. Support for Underground Sports Philadelphia is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels they obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience and that's why manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer the manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 that 18 months might be the same amount of time it takes the sixers to move on from their front office if we're lucky that would be you know best case scenario uh their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by manscaped when i tell you guys this is premium i mean premium the battery lasts up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower and one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand 
is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you guys are listening to us right now, I'm sure you're waiting for our Eagles jersey giveaway winner announcement, but if you're listening to me right now and you're waiting for that, I want you to experience the Manscaped experience firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. What's going on, man? Uh, living the dream as per usual, you know. We are finally living the dream because since the last time we were live, a lot has happened and we're going to kick oh, the show off. A, a lot has happened since last Wednesday. <laughs> with a celebration because Matt Klentak has been reassigned in the organization, but he's no longer the GM. Yeah. Yeah, it's no not, longer the GM. I was hoping for some other th- things to happen to some other people in this last week, but uh, that you know, uh, like if if I was Arya Stark and I had a list of five people whose names I said every night before I went to sleep, and those are the people I want to see die in my lifetime. Um, not quite that severe with Matt Klintak. He's he's on that list though of guys I don't want to see in charge of my favorite sports teams yeah. anymore. So that's obviously great. It's a little annoying that he's going to stay on within the organization. I guess it just shows loyalty in the end, but I don't think he's really earned that. No. Um, little concerned that Andy McPhail is still in his role. That doesn't... If I had to pick one of those to go, it would have just been both. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, in my mind, I don't know why you keep one of those guys when clearly I think there's a, a whole flushing out need to be done, but that's the way it is, and at least we've gotten Klintak out of there. Um, and hopefully this is much swifter than the Sixers front org reshuffle, which we're supposedly getting some traction on, but who really knows? So yeah, it's gr- it's great to have Klentak out though. You you have to in this year especially you have to celebrate every win no matter how small it is. Matt Klentak is gone, and when I when I got that news, I was sitting on my couch this weekend, and I was just like bummed because playoff baseball was going on. And the Eagles have been pretty bad up until this past weekend. And I'm just, I refresh Twitter and boom, there's a, a Phillies press release that Matt Klintak was relieved of his GM duties. And I was like, there is hope at the light. You know, there's a light at the end of this tunnel. There's yeah. hope for this team. And now it's just a matter of getting the right guy in place and not screwing this up again like you did five years ago with Matt Klintak. Which is a pretty big, <laughs> pretty big uh, <laughs> ask. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's obviously the big goal here too. But also that again, like we've talked about, this off season is going to be huge, and we've got some not so great Phillies reports about you know JT potentially walking, and that John Milton didn't even want him in the first place. That he kind of had to be convinced to to go get him. Uh, that does not make me happy no. at all because. Uh, it's been especially hard to even watch the postseason, but when you have, you know, anytime you hear Sixto being called Young Pedro, just kind of drives that stake in a little further into your heart. So, plus he was the series clinching pitcher for the Marlins yeah. against the Cubs. So that's rough. Um, and I mean, having to choose between the Marlins and the Braves, I mean, it's Ugh. just like <laughs> I just don't make me make that choice. At first, I was I was rocking with the Marlins, and then I remembered that. 
they ruin the Philly season, and I've kind of switched to rooting for the Braves. Well, he, here's the difficult decision we we may have to make. We might have like an ALCS and NLCS with the Astros and the Yankees and like the Dodgers and the Braves, and like I can't in good faith hope. Like I don't want any of those teams to win. Like I am very like we need the Padres and the Rays to. Oh, I'm all in on the Rays. Yeah, I would love I would love to see the Rays win. It'd be funny. It'd actually be really funny if Tampa Bay wins like every championship this year. Like if like the the Bucks win, you know, like that would be, I think that'd be hilarious. But yeah, it's um, I I don't want to see like this is it's gonna be flashbacks of last year where it's like well just anyone but the Nationals. Yep. But now it's like four teams, so it's it's a lot worse. <laughs> Uh, Two of which are also from our division again, which yeah, is just really fun. Get them out. Uh, speaking of the Rays, their guy who's running their team on a $60 million payroll is who I want running this Phillies team. Eric Neander is the guy that I would love uh, to just come to Philadelphia and have essentially four times the amount of payroll that he has with the Rays and just see what he can do. Dude is smart as hell. Uh, he's been running the Rays for quite some time now. And you see what the Rays have done in this age of analytics since they've kind of turned things around. They've been one of the most successful franchises in all of baseball. Give me Eric Neander. See what he can do with the pieces that are already here. And what he can do with, you know, a $220, $230 million payroll. Absolutely. Um, You want to attract, like, the the smartest minds. And uh, that would be, I think, a, a dream signing for the Phillies. The question is, is like, is that, <laughs> is it going to happen? I, I think dream signings often don't come true, like a lot of dreams, right? But I just think um, he would be a perfect fit here. And yeah, I think, I think that this position is very desirable. Uh, we have somehow a, a pretty high pick in the draft, like all things considered for a team that has like much higher aspirations and is allegedly willing to spend to, to get into a big position. We already have good pieces here, a good mix of like established players, some really uh, promising young players that have already sort of integrated into the first team now. So there's definitely like room to be excited here if you're like a potential GM. It's kind of what we said about the Sixers a few years ago. Where it's like, I think anyone would want this job, really. It's, it's, it's open for anyone, and I think anyone and everyone would be excited, I think, to take on the Phillies. And also get to be the one that kind of revives a like historic team that's on life support right now and that's second longest playoff drought in baseball yeah like if you can be the person that turns that around that's that's a big big thing for you so i think it, it'll appeal to the ego but it also appeal to just i think again like an actual talent level like there's stuff to work with here now the biggest thing is like what we uh kind of hinted at is john middleton Whenever he opens his mouth, it's an it's an issue. Buddy should just be banned from being part of press conferences because he sound. It, I don't know which one was worse, the Gabe Kapler firing press conference last year, or this one addressing Matt Klentak being you know relieved of his duties as GM. He, you know, it's crazy. If I was a billionaire, I would just um like be like locked in like one of my several mansions somewhere, like pretty much at all times. I'd be aloof, but I guess you know you don't get to be a billionaire without having a giant ego and thinking that your words mean more than anyone else's, and that you constantly have to remind everyone that you have thoughts too. It's great. I'm glad, John, your brain still works. But <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I wish you would stay away from any and all microphones because I. 
nothing nothing positive ever happens when he he speaks um i prefer him to just take action and the right actions and that means opening up that nice little checkbook that you have uh just signing the bottom and handing that blank check to the new GM and saying, whatever you need, make it happen. I want to, I want a world series in the next three years. Like that's, that's what it should be. But Lord knows. And it doesn't seem like John Middleton wants it to be that the way that he has kind of conducted these press conferences, the way that he has shown, you know, restraint to open up the wallet outside of, Bryce Harper, and obviously Zach Wheeler was a great signing, but it's not the same type of contract as Bryce Harper. So those are bare minimum. Like, you like needed we, to we, do We those. loved that Bryce is on a 13-year deal because he's so cheap. Like, if you look at, like, his yeah. average annual value, like, he's not, like, getting paid that much, like, all things considered. So it's not even like he's handed out, like, huge deals here. Like, they're, like, pretty, like... Those contracts are like not abnormal, especially now, like two years removed. Like they're not that crazy. Like you're gonna see, like literally in the same offseason, you saw Zach Wheeler's get like tripled. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're not like yes, they're they're obviously it's a lot of money, but e- even then, for for baseball and how much money John Milton has, how much money the Phillies make, I mean, it's it's a pittance really. So um, obviously, like there's. There's, like, extra concerns this year, obviously, with, like, COVID and everything. Like, there's no fans in stadiums at all this year. It's, I mean, who can tell the future anymore? But I would be really surprised if we're at a place come late March, early April next year where we're, like, filling stadiums again. But who knows, right? Miami Dolphins. Right? We know that there's going to be – but, you know, who knows what that looks like in six months. It's impossible to tell. But – if you're smart, which I think all teams are, they're planning to not have fans back because it's better to plan for the worst case than assume that you'll have that revenue back. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I get there's going to be some, and I don't, I, I, it's always a difficult going between this line of like, well, you're like a billionaire, so spend your money, but also we have, you have to be sustainably run. And sometimes sustainability means like, in a situation like this, you, you have to just kind of like bite the bullet a little bit and maybe not spend what you'd like to mm-hmm. or spend within your means a little bit more. And I'd, I'd be willing to accept that if, A, the money was being spent in a, um, an area of need, which is which is bull. Like if we only saw, signed pitchers this offseason, I wouldn't cool be able that. that. To me, that's like the ideal offseason. Like anything- Outside of the two guys that we obviously would right. have to resign. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I meant more like new, guys. new additions. Yeah, resign everyone that's, that's currently with the team. And then if you're only bringing in, like, even if it's like two pitchers, I don't know that I'd like riot over that. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else in my mind would just kind of be extra. So already, you know, you have a pretty low bar. So it's, it's tough, you know, obviously, like, we want these guys to spend and they should, but we can't, we really can't forget how, like, devastating COVID has been mm-hmm. to, John Middleton said they lost, I, I believe he said, $145 million the team lost this year because of no gate revenue. And, That's not uh, nothing. It's not <laughs> nothing. Like we can't, can't put our head in the sand right. and pretend like that means nothing because it does. And I, I I worry that we're just like, I don't want to be one of those nuanced guys, but like we have to remember that this isn't just black and white. Like, well, John Middleton's a billionaire. Like, 
you know, like he obviously could spend money, but he's not going to. Like, mm-hmm. he's, let's which not, is frustrating. Let's not be stupid here. Like, he, he's he's not going to spend an outrageous amount of money when he just lost 145 million. You don't get to be a billionaire by being mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> by being charitable and willing to accept big losses like that. You get it by being uh, greedy, terrible Stickler. to other people. A stickler and end it for yourself. <laughs> That's how you become a billionaire. If anyone says otherwise, they're a liar or they won the mega lottery twice in a row. And yeah. that's how they became a billionaire. <laughs> like, it's just, you know, that's that's how it is. So, I, you know, I, I think he, 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 but that's the thing is like he's working, like in my mind, my expectation is like pretty easy for them. Yeah. Like this isn't, like he doesn't have to break the wallet here. Like, JT and DD Gregorius aren't going to cost you that much money. You're going to have to pay them, obviously. Should be like $100, $110 million combined. What's, what's, what's JT want? Like $13 million a year? Probably more, but you could probably negotiate You could get him at $15, get at $15. Million. Like, when you were going arbitration, it was somewhere but in that range already. And, like, you could get that. Absolutely, you can get. That. I, I like, think that's they not... would do backflips if they could get him at five years, fifteen a year. Like that's not crazy. Seventy five million dollars. That's not crazy which money. Which is way below what JT wanted. Way below what I think everybody expected JT to get on the open market. And right now, I think if JT could get that, he would take it. And yeah. then if there's performance incentives and everything like that, and then if you can get Didi on like a two year deal with a, th- a third year, you know, player option do it he was he was one of the cogs in this wheel that made this team even remotely close to what they were this year yeah i i think there's like good signs of life with this team that you should be investing and that's the thing too is like and i think we brought this up last time we talked where do you want the stadium to be filled or not because if you let jt and dd both walk and you sign like just kind of one you know like last year and the year before we have just had like kind of one big signing mm-hmm. and then like some like cheap guys mixed in, but mostly it's just that one guy. Like when we're allowed back in stadiums, why the hell would I spend my, and it'll, and believe me, it'll be like 60 bucks to go to games because yep. everyone's going to want to go. Cause we haven't been able to, um, why would I go to a game then? Like, what's the point? And let's also not forget the Phillies have close to, you know, a hundred million dollars coming off the books. Yeah. Jake Arrieta is gone. David Robertson gone. Yeah. Like, there are big contracts that are going to open up even more payroll for this team where you'll have flexibility to give a guy like Didi Gregorius a little bit more money. Give a guy like JT, maybe bump it up to, you know, five years, 85, five years, 90 to make sure that he is part of this team until he retires. Like that's what this front office needs to kind of have in their heads is like, yes, we lost $145 million, but we also have, flexibility on this payroll side of things where we're getting rid of a bunch of bad contracts that we signed, you know, two, three years ago that open up the books for these superstar players. Yeah. And and again, if you want fans to come back and go to your games and give you money, you're going to have to spend mm-hmm. and you're going to, you're going to have to actually go out there and make the effort. Cause you know, as much as I've missed live sports, I can tell you for sure if like if JT walks, if DD walks, we don't make any like big improvements this year. If we're like allowed back in stadiums like next spring, next summer, like that's gonna be like one of the last things that I do. Maybe like August when we're out of the playoff race inevitably and tickets are back to like fifteen bucks the day of. 
maybe I'll go then. But like, that's, that's the thing too, is like, I wish I could get in their ear and say like, do you not want 45,000 people back in the ballpark? Cause like that, this is not how you get back to that point where you're, you, you just treat it so shrewdly. Like this is not what you do. Like you have an opportunity here to really reinvest with a good team. It's not like this team sucks mm-hmm. either. It's not like you're throwing money into the wind. Like if you invest properly, this team can get places. Absolutely. So I'll present you with this. What would you rather have happen this offseason? They re-sign JT or they get Eric Neander to come in and be president of baseball operations GM and, and run this team. Uh, Eric Neander, like as much as we love JT and as much as we gave up to get him, yeah. Neander is like such an overall net positive that and I th- will be here longer. Yeah, hopefully. And I think we will just JT's amazing, best catcher in baseball, but his impact is dwarfed by what a competent general mm-hmm. manager can do. And we've had a below average, maybe even well below average mind at the helm. Um, and it's gotten to us to this point. That's mostly just been by throwing money at the problem. So someone that could actually uh, effectively work, <laughs> and I think this would be music to John Milton's ears that he's done it on a budget. Yep. You know, not with a team that has a huge market and a, a fan base that's willing to come and sell out the stadium. Um, yeah, I, I think you know a it team would... that knows how to function with a bullpen. Right. Like that would be great. <laughs> that would be great if we became like a pitching fan. Like I look at these other teams, like Cleveland. I don't know what yep. they put in the water, but it's like every year there's some hot young new pitcher that's coming out of Cleveland. Like I wish that must that must Dodgers. be nice. <laughs> must be really nice to be able to just do that. Now the other rumor swirling around front office wise, uh, and I'll give you this hypothetical too: Eric Neander, or you wait around this year. Let Ned Rice be the guy who is right now the interim GM. What is it with Philly front offices and Ned? We got Ned Cohen in this. Like, what is Ned is such a weird name yes. to like just constantly be in the, these social circles. Uh, let him be the guy. He came over with Clentech with McPhail from the Orioles, uh, and we don't really know much about him. But one thing I did hear uh, floating around that is if they did trust Ned Rice to be the guy, he wouldn't have the interim tag right now. Yeah. So take that for what it will, for what you will. But Eric Neander, or you wait around this coming season, so 2021, Ned Rice stays in place, and then you wait for the contract of one Theo Epstein to expire with the Cubs. It's enticing. I, you know, what's what's interesting is I think you're kind of looking like at two very similar people when you look at Neander and, and Epstein, and mm-hmm. that, like, Theo obviously has the name, right? And he'll always. And this. This is why you take jobs like the Phillies, right? Yes. It's, it's because what he did with the Cubs. He had, he's one of the most recognizable names in like front office sports like History. world around because he was like the mind that gets the credit for building the Cubs team that finally broke the curse. And right? the like, Red Sox. And the Red. So like he like is that guy. Like he is. That's like his brand. Mm-hmm. You know, like and he'll he will have a job for the rest of his life because of that. And then he might. I think he is, but he may not even at some point, not even be the smartest guy in the room anymore. You know, it's not impossible that in 15, 20 years, he's like behind the curve, right? And there's a new younger guy that has a better understanding or someone has some new curve and he's not there anymore, but he's, he's still getting hired because of his name. Like that's what you have for you in Philly. If you win, like that's like Rudimera Jr. Somehow still gets work mm-hmm. somehow just cause honestly, I was, Pleasantly surprised by how good he was in the booth this year. 
He definitely was. He was he was better than I expected. Yes. But that's the point. Is like when you come to Philly, like you typically like there's other stops. Like mm-hmm. even people that have failed badly here, like go on and at least get other chances. Like Chip Kelly, disastrous. Yeah. Ran out of town. Still got chances, and he blew them on his own. Turns out he actually just sucked. You know, like so I I think. The choice between them, I would rather have Neander now yes. than wait, and because you don't know what's going to happen with right. Theo. Like I would rather, I would just, it's the the, what one in the hand versus two in the bush type right. of thing. Just just take take the money and run. I this team is like stalled so much that I just want action now, and I want it to be positive action. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and then we saw Bryce Harper's Instagram story, more pandering to get JT resigned. Getting on his uh, his jet with his JT Real Muto uh, cream jersey, saying that he's repping all winter. Gotta love it's it. It's a beautiful jersey, though. <laughs> you gotta love it. Um, it's also just super pathetic that it's come down to Bryce having to do all of this. You know, it, it shouldn't take your $330 million man who you promised, if you sign here, we will do whatever it takes to make sure we have a winning team, a World Series contending team, and now you're going to, you know, beat around the bush and you're not holding up your end of the bargain to this guy. Yeah. And the whole this entire JT fiasco has been a debacle from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um and I it, it's really uncomfortable that Bryce is so clearly like pushing to get him re-signed and like you should be moving mountains for Bryce Harper. Yes. Like you pay this guy a ton. He's committed his entire future here. You traded for a guy that he clearly like on just on uh remember, these are coworkers. This guy, like imagine like your wherever you work, mm-hmm. whatever you do, everyone has at least one person at their job that they really get along with. They just click very well. Like if you're on like a shift thing where it's like anytime you're on that shift with them, you love it. Or every day, like when you at least get to like chat with them for five minutes, really awesome. They, they like, and this happens, I think to a lot of people where it's like, they genuinely improve your job experience. Just think about it on that level. If your manager decided I'm transferring that person from yep. this store because I don't feel like paying them anymore. You'd be pissed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you'd be really annoyed. <laughs> so it's, it's the same. You have to remember these are people and they, they have clearly a good friendship. They clearly, he likes being with JT. I think JT, he's a hard person to read, but I think he likes Pretty Bryce. Sure Bryce is on the record saying JT is his favorite player in baseball. So like make your star the, like the happiest you can make him. Yep. Why not? Like it's, and it's a no brainer because you, what you've had to give up to get JT in the first place. It's it's not like a, and this isn't even like a Mookie bet scenario, right? Where it's like, I don't know, we have three hundred million dollars in cap already, like we're in a bind here. I don't know that Mookie moves us over the line anymore. We're looking to rebuild. We kind of have to move on. Like you are literally like this is the time to start spending mm-hmm. money. I you know it's just and the way that they've built this team, which John Middleton referred to in his press conference, saying, you know, the Phillies have been terrible with drafting and development for the last hundred years. Thanks for acknowledging, you know, the obvious. Um, well, let's just let's just skip over like the ten years where we were the best team in baseball, but whatever. <laughs> the uh, this is the only way that the Phillies right now, the way that they are constructed, can win. Sure, you can go in and get these guys. You know, I think Brian Barber was a fantastic, you know, first piece to putting this team together uh, from a, a prospect and drafting, you know, scouting type of situation. But that's going to take years to refurbish and figure out what you have in your scouting department on, you know, the college and high school route and the international, you know, route. 
the only way the Phillies are going to win a World Series right now is by spending money in free agency, by making trades, and that's just that's their own doing. They did that to themselves, and now this is you know what they're set up with. It's it's very similar to you know the 2009 Yankees when they went out and spent money instead of you know using the guys to in their in their system. Wait, the Yankees have... spent money to win a championship? Shocker. <laughs> But you know they I went hated out. that team so much. They were the first. I think they're the the last team to sign the number one quote unquote free agent pitcher and the number one uh, free agent hitter from the previous season in free agency when they signed Sabathia and Mark Teixeira. That's the route the Phillies are on right now, guys. And if you don't see that, you're just blind to the situation that the Philadelphia Phillies have put themselves in. Yeah, and it, and he's not wrong when he says that they've they've drafted poorly, and that's been like the biggest criticism of like kind of 2012 to 2016 17 is that this team sucked you really didn't have anything to show for it yep um and even now like we love alec bohm right but like if you only out of five six years of, of tanking have like two or three guys left that are like actually like meaningful contributors to your team that's not good and again, we, we've like pulled our, our hair out talking about teams that have completely, that have been successful at the same time that we were, right? Done a rebuild, been successful again, and are rebuilding again. And it might even already be successful again. Like, like how, you know. Teams in your own division. We're just constantly stuck in the mud here, and I, I don't really get why. And yeah, the, the horse is out of the barn now. There's no point in closing the doors. Like, we've already messed the rebuild up. Now you just have to build with what you have. And we have the pieces, you know, like, and some of them we've had to pay for, obviously, but, like, we've still grown some players, too. Like, it's not, like, a completely, you know, artificial blend here. So, and even then, like, who cares? Like, I don't care if the entire, uh, like, lineup is, is our, our free agents. I, I could care less if, if that's what it takes to win a World Series. I Obviously, like, it's great, and it's, like, makes it a little more romantic when you have a Jimmy Rollins in your team, right? Like, someone that's entire career here. He's so great. Like, Chase Utley's, Ryan Howard's. Like, these – like, obviously, it feels good to win with those guys that you've grown through your organization. Like, and that's that's a testament to what you can do if you, if you draft well and also get lucky. But that's clearly not going to happen with this team. We don't have a golden generation here. We have some really good young guys that can definitely – contend and be on a championship contending team let's just make it work and we have the money to do so and we've never been a team that spent crazy money either no even even during those years we like we certainly went out and were aggressive but we were not throwing like fu money around we really weren't so it's time to do it <laughs> yeah you need to go out and spend you need to bring back guys that you know should be staples of this franchise for the next four five six seven eight years and that's just a fact you need to add pitching in the offseason, whether it is, you know, top of the line starting pitching or some guys, you know, below that tier that are kind of going to slide in right behind Zach Wheeler. But this team still has some obvious holes and they've got to fill them. And John Middleton can't be a stickler about it because if he wants to, quote unquote, bring that freaking trophy back, you you got to spend because that's the only way you're going to do it. Yeah, it's open up the checkbook and we'll have no issues. If not, it's it's going to be a problem. Let's get to our Philadelphia 76ers. They have a new head coach, and it is Doc Rivers, who Mark Zumoff and company will be calling Glenn. He, I think he even said that he's uh, he's happy with that decision. Um, 
I am whelmed. <laughs> I'm not uh, <laughs> not over underwhelmed by this. If anything, I'm more like underwhelmed. I think Doc Rivers is a good coach. Mm-hmm. He's a retread. You don't often see these guys have tons of success like later in their career, right? Like the last time he was a really relevant coach was with the Celtics 12 years ago. He was a good coach with the Clippers. I think he's clearly skilled at like man managing guys. Like players love him. He's a well respected coach, that's for sure. No debating that. I just think that this is like if you ask me right now, like, is this the guy that's going to make our dreams come true? I just don't think so. And that's not a slight on him. It's just the history of coaches that kind of start to bounce around here. Not that he has. He was obviously with the Clippers for a while. But I uh, I don't see it. He had a much better and he had a much more talented and better built roster with the Clippers that he, he failed with. And he's had really talented rosters with the Clippers going backwards too it's not like this was the first year that he finally got some help He was also the gm that made bad decisions for a lot he's obviously not going to have that role here Mm -hmm. but we also know by the way the sixers seem to love collaboration so there's no guarantee that doc rivers isn't on a phone call right isn't giving input on draft night right like it's not inconceivable like brett brown somehow found his way into those conversations too so it's not crazy to me that that doc rivers could be included in there and he doesn't have the best history I just think he has a, a tremendous resume of failure. And that's weird to say about a coach that's won a championship because how hard that is to do and that automatically, I think, elevates you a tier above. But, like, this is a guy that has underachieved for the last six years. That's, like, and we have, and we're in a worse situation. I just, like, I, I'm trying to make sense of a puzzle that doesn't have all the pieces together or is mixed match between boxes because I, I just don't see I, I don't see the the joy here like and it's resounding like everyone is in love with this hire and I think that's again because it's Doc Rivers he's a big name I think he's a very personable guy I have nothing like nothing bad to say about him like he, how could you but like it's just to me this is not this is not a signing that like gets me going or that makes me think wow this is amazing like I I said from from day one when Brett got hired I want this to be when, when they read out whoever they hire next, I want it to be someone I have to Google and see where they were previously, like, employed at. Like, I, I don't want – I didn't want a Mark Jackson. I didn't want a Stan Van Gundy. I didn't want um, – you know, I didn't want Mike D'Antoni. I, like, it's not even just a, a, a Doc Rivers thing. I think it's just in general. I, I don't like these types of hires because I don't know that you're really going anywhere. Mm-hmm. If you were going to go with a coach that's had a job already, I would have preferred Ty Lue. Um, and it's kind of disappointed me that we were very clearly out on him pretty quickly. Um, obviously, that might be because he's going for the Clippers job, but... Also interviewing with the Pelicans. Yeah, which I mean is, again, you know, another, like he's he said in previous interviews that for his next job, he wants it to be with a young team that he can kind of mold with his own like philosophy and identity. So that's cool. I get mm-hmm. that. Um, and it would make sense why he would choose a team like the Pelicans over the Sixers, given that kind of... Uh, circumstance, but that's still what he's looking for. But yeah, Doc Rivers to me is not not particularly inspiring. It's also a guy too that like was making mistakes in the, this these past playoffs as well. Like if you talk to Clippers fans and like their com- his complete dismissal of like Shannon and Zubach 
and playing like Trez Harrell like over them when he was clearly struggling. Like the same kind of things that we would complain about about Brett. Like they can and every fan base does this, right? Like they overrate their young talented players. They over complain about their coaching and the schemes, right? Like that's just across sports anywhere. But you know that's a little alarming to me. It's always a little alarming to me when fans are very happy to see a coach go. You know, like, what would we say about someone who just hired Brett Brown mm-hmm. yeah, as a fan base? Like, largely be like, well, good luck. <laughs> like, you know, like, he's a great guy. Nothing against him. But I don't know that you're going to get what you really want here. So, I just, um, I'm not super thrilled about it, which has been my response for, like, 97% of Sixers-related news over the past year and a half. So, I was very compelled and impressed with his press conference and just the way that he talked about the roster, the way that he talked about... To quote Commissioner Gordon from The Dark Knight, the boy looks great on the tube. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's, he's Again, he's gifted. He's obviously like a very personable guy, no doubt. Um, I did find it interesting that particular names were brought up, like Shake Milton, like Furkan Korkmaz. Um, and I mean, I, I think the way that he, he views this roster as a positive in the way that, you know, he's not going to give away how he views this roster and how he's going to, you know, coach it um, to the public just yet. But, I mean, did you find anything interesting about him mentioning, especially Furk and, and Shake by name? Yeah, I, you know, not really because every coach that comes into a new situation is always going to, it's hard to read into that, right? Because all you have are words. You have no actions to base any of this off of. What we know with Doc is that he doesn't play young guys typically. Like it's the it's it is kind of funny that those are like the two names that he kind of, he he did mention during this, and um, I think everyone took away with when it's like that's kind of been the opposite of his coaching in the past has been he hasn't really been someone that develops younger players all that much. Um, he is a guy that tends to have favorites or tends to, to really lean on certain players and they're, they're typically veterans. Um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it is a little surprising to hear him say that. Um, but he, you know, he also says that Ben and Joel, that's the duo. That's what you work with. And I mean, as long as he has that understanding, <laughs> that's good. Right. Because, you know, it, it could have obviously gone much worse. Um, you know, if some other names had gotten hired here, but that's, um, that's a good starting point, I guess, is that he doesn't, that he at least thinks our two star players are compatible. <laughs> That's Big good. positive. Uh, I mean, overall, I think the other interesting part of this is going to be who he ends up getting on his staff. There were rumors that uh, Alvin Gentry was going to be part of it, but he seems like he's headed to Sacramento, which is a bummer. I would love that, though. Um, because thinking of Doc Rivers, Alvin Gentry, and Ime Udoka together kind of excited me a lot because i think those three guys and the what their philosophies and how they coach all together would have been a lot of fun to kind of see how that you know molded with this roster yes i i would have loved alvin gendry here but sacramento is interesting as well because they're uh, a little bit in flux again and obviously you know there's a lot of rumors and speculation about buddy healed and how happy unhappy is with um Sacramento right now and there's even like some stuff where he liked that uh Doc got hired by the Sixers and a lot stuff of like players. 
Yeah, but again, Doc is a very well liked yes. coach, so it's not you know it's not that crazy. Um, it's kind of similar to Joe Girardi with a bunch of the former Yankees coming right to the Phillies. Exactly. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting to you know should there be any trades made, um, who where that go, where that goes and it, and it's good to keep an eye on what coaches go where because if, if you know say an Alvarenga goes to Sacramento, that could obviously open the door. Or close it for for someone like Buddy Heald to leave because maybe he's enticed by that or, or not. Who knows? It's it's hard to read these guys' thoughts, but the Sixers have a lot of work ahead of them, and um, I'm still like Doc Rivers is not like getting me back. He's not getting me back in the building. You know, like I'm not. I'm still. Uh, I'm still waiting outside. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I mean the the situations that the Phillies and Sixers are in are eerily similar in a way yeah there's definitely there's definitely similarities in that um you know the Sixers is much more dire because baseball like you can always just spend more mm-hmm. and there's really like no there's like tax whatever but like there's no limit i mean at a certain point you can't we can't just sign anyone we want we have to obviously make some moves and be um a little sharp here to do that with the sixers and it is a little bit of a mismatched roster which is underselling it for sure and that's going to be a struggle. That's going to be a struggle for anyone to deal with. Whereas the Phillies is still, it's still like carte blanche, like whatever you kind of want to do, like the Phillies can go that direction. The Sixers, it's going to take a lot of cleanup and a lot of work to get this roster back on track to where it should be competing for titles. Um, but yeah, there's definitely similarities there where it's like, we've been mismanaged and we need, we need a, a guiding hand to, to, kind of transition us to to that next level and let's see if doc rivers is that guy i don't personally believe it but you know all we can do right now is um hope i guess that's all we've <laughs> not per- i'm just not particularly inspired by it and yeah. the sixers have still like bumped me out just time per- and time like again. it's it's hard it's really hard to get like emotionally invested <laughs> again uh i did hear you know through uh, the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast and a bunch of other, you know, outlets that of the the coaching candidates, Doc Rivers was the one that Joel was most on board with. Which is good. Again, he is a player yes. friendly coach. He's a coach that players like that respect a lot. He's a big name. He he has a resume and he's worked with the best. He's improved players too. Like there's no mm-hmm. you have to I I feel like I've been a little negative on him, perhaps unfairly. Like he has improved players' playing ability. He's given players that confidence to take their games to the next level and make them either true all stars or, or, or really, you know, like one of the best players in the league. And so, yeah, I mean, if it, it's kind of like what we were talking about with Bryce, where it's like you do what you can to make your star happy. If hiring Doc over Mike D'Antoni, let's say, is making Joel happy, then I, I think you know whatever you know you, you move on with it but and let's uh, not forget tobias harris was having his best season of his career under doc rivers it's true you know so that's you, a, a bonus in a sense and i i don't know that this team as currently constructed <laughs> is uh is good unless tobias is at that kind of level right. again at kind of the bare minimum really but um yeah you know so again if he can kind of be like a comforting force for tobias who i think you know is Tobias, you could have a whole podcast on just him, himself and, you know, why I think Sixers fans get, 
down on him, and I'm not even sure that he's the worst contract on this team. When there's really two to choose from, so it's kind of just pick your poison, I guess. But um, yeah, I think Tobias. There's like signs of life there, at least for me to like cling on to, which doesn't excite me, but it doesn't fill me with dread either. Yeah. Um, so I mean, Doc Rivers is here. I'm sure there will be more unfolding uh, with Doc Rivers and you know this team. Obviously, the news still pretty fresh um jimmy butler though you know we're one we're one game away from this nightmare just ending and um <laughs> <laughs> and a new one begins because we'll have a we'll have a laker championship but um it'll be another lebron championship which is fun because you get to see some people melt down i'm i'm slowly convincing myself more and more of it that that's going to be really fun um you know, having to hear people that have like constantly talked down on him, having to to sing his praises because he won one with the Lakers, and um, this will be his third team that he won a championship on as the best player. That's impressive. No one's done that. That's amazing. I think that's that's really cool. And um, again, I'm I'm rooting for like the history and the legacy of it all by seeing him do it. And yeah, it'd be nice to see the Heat lose because. Miami sucks. <laughs> the whole state of Florida sucks. And uh, I do feel bad for Jimmy, though, just because, like, I, lo- I love Jimmy. I have yes. no ill feelings toward him. It, it would just – it's a weird sentence, but back to, to, to that one. It would make me physically sick to see him win a championship, but I love him. <laughs> you know, like, I it would just it would just hurt too much. It would make me – it would genuinely make me physically ill to see him lift the trophy and – um, with his coffee cup in hand yeah like it's just uh so i i do feel for him in that way if this series ends you know 4-1 it's very likely the lakers are gonna win this series but who knows mm-hmm. anything can happen but um looking writings on the wall right now and it, you know, it sucks for jimmy because i think he's if there's one person i think in the nba that deserves to win a ring it's jimmy with how hard he's worked i think like narratives get like overplayed and overvalued a lot in sports but like Jimmy Butler is really like a from like rising Phoenix type of story as like good as you'll get it. Like he was a guy that was not counted on very highly coming out of college. He was homeless at one point. Like even going into like Chicago was like he was just kind of this guy. He makes this huge leap. He becomes like an alpha dog. Like and he works hard. Like there's no denying it that he works for. He, what had he the has the weight of you know Dwayne Wade on his shoulders too, coming from Marquette. And yeah, it was like you know. Is he going to live up to that standard? Exactly. And- so, I, you know, I I have nothing but good. Th- in yeah. his time here, he was awesome. I loved him. I, God, do I wish he was still on this team because <laughs> um, then I could really root for him. But uh, there's just there's no way I could live with it. I just could not. <laughs> if Jimmy Butler wants to come on the podcast, though, Yeah, we would be more than happy to have Jimmy. I just could not deal with, with uh, a Miami championship. It, like, honestly, and Heat fans are even more annoying to me than Laker fans. In my in my opinion, I view them as the Spider Man meme because yeah, they're like, one and the same. Like most Heat fans I know, have been Heat fans since like 2011. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, so it's like, well, all right, like Laker fans at least like have a longer span of just being bandwagoners. Like, well, they've been bandwagoning. Yeah, like you know, or maybe maybe when they were like real young, they were like looking, you know, when like my heart was being broken in two thousand one. That was their first like, oh wow, that's awesome, like kind of moment. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, I'll root for this team. Uh huh. Surely nothing can go wrong in three years when we sign when we sign the postman, right? We'll surely beat the Detroit Pistons. Um, 
Yeah, so, you know, it's yeah, there's a little bit of the battle of the bandwagon fan gr- groups. But I think Miami fans are, like, here's the thing about Lakers fans. They at least, like, when they get cocky, it's like, well, like, they have a reason. Like, they have, like, the most storied franchise in basketball. Mm-hmm. Just constant history of, like, stars and great play. Like, all the greatest players pretty much have played for the Lakers, except for, like, you know, the one-team players, like Jordan Wright. Like, they they kind of have earned that right to be a little like smug and like all oh, the, the L.A. New York fan bases are always like a little more smug than everyone else. And in some regards, I get it. You're the, the biggest city in the world. You're Hollywood. Yep. You're allowed to be a little like even if you grew up in New Jersey your whole life and you're also a Patriots fan. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, Heat fans is like all right. Well, the thing about Heat fans that I will never get over is when they all left the arena yes. that one time. Like left... that image sticks in my head yes. and I will always laugh at quote unquote heat fans for the rest of my life because you gave up on your team when there was still a chance. And you missed the most iconic finals moment of like not really so anymore, but it's definitely up there. Like it's in the top five of this decade. Like yeah. there's there's a few obviously involving uh the Warriors and the Cavs, mm-hmm. like that that come back right, but um, I mean, that's like one of the, the biggest sports moments I've ever witnessed in my life. One of the biggest life. overall playoff moments. Yes. Ever. That's like, and you missed it. So whatever. But yeah, um, so we'll see. <sighs> Basketball. Uh, the Eagles, though, they got their first win <laughs> Sunday night football. Somehow. The Travis Fulgham game. Um, they call this the uh, war of attrition. <laughs> I think you are just. <laughs> you didn't win. You just didn't die. <laughs> Uh, they somehow sneak away with a 25-20 win over the San Francisco 49ers. I did say that this was kind of one of those games where if they if they went out there and snuck away with a win, they could have two wins going into the bye week. I'm kind of feeling like they could have three wins the way that the Dallas Cowboys defense is playing right now. Let's, I mean, let's see if but the season continues to. <laughs> that's all. Which, which bye week are we talking about? Are we talking about uh, the league-mandated bye week we're going to have to have? Or their actual bye week? Or their week 15 bye week? Or their week 18 bye week? <laughs> Not that remember the Titans bye week. Okay, okay. Um, but they sneak away with a win, and Travis Fulgham has become the Greg Ward of 2020. I mean, a win is a win, you know. Technically So, true. <laughs> good on them. Overall, the the best, I think, takeaway I had from this game was Doug Peterson was Big Balls Doug again. First touchdown of the game, they go for two. He was, you know, he was creative. He was rolling Carson out of the pocket. He was doing all the things that we've been clamoring for since the season began and they lost that game to Washington and the other takeaway I had was Jordan Mailata looked pretty good at left tackle yeah this was a um this was a good step forward for the Eagles Mm -hmm. and that like they're really struggling you come off that tie which is so embarrassing for lots of reasons but the one thing you talked about is this team from a decision-making standpoint was not this was not like the the decisions we're used to seeing from them like we're this team kind of built itself, especially on like that Super Bowl run on like making just big ball plays. And the Philly special is like one of the most, the reason it's talked about so much because you don't see plays like that in the Super Bowl. Like that's just, that isn't a play you run at, at that moment in that situation in the Super Bowl. You don't even do that really in a regular season game. Like that's just not something that happens. Um, 
and I feel like fans kind of wanted to see that back with this team and see so just it, that's a confidence thing when you're willing to do that and it's worrying when the performances are bad it's even more worrying when the confidence is gone because that's like mentally it's hard to crawl back to where you were so a step in the right direction they're still not on track in my opinion because you know yes they're still like the top of the division but that's that I mean, injury report is still a cvs receipt yeah and it's still i still look at the rest of the season and think it's just as daunting as i mean this is still we're still on track for what we said which was like a 5 and 11 or a 4 and 12 season you know obviously now you have the tie in there because who would have predicted but you're one two and one a quarter of the way through the season like this Average is that out it's, it's not great. <laughs> this is this is kind of still where we thought when we kind of did the exercise after week two. Like, well, let's see where like the rest of the season goes. Oh, we have one week. <laughs> we have one win going into uh into into Pittsburgh now. By the way, which yeah. is uh where uh, there might be fans, might be fans, and they might be, and also well rested. They they had an unexpected bye week. Deontay Johnson back healthy off of the concussion. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is going to have time to recover as well. Which he was not happy about their unexpected bye week. Well, you don't want to anger. You don't want to get Big Ben upset, you know. Um, you know, you're going to have James Conner, like, more time to obviously, like, get Jesus well. And, Schuster, like that defense. It's a very good team. They're going to have an extra week to plan for you, which you don't particularly want. Um, and, by the way, your only weapon that you have is Miles Sanders, who is going to be pretty stuffed, I'd say, mm-hmm. by the Steelers team. Um so yeah, there's a lot to uh, to worry about still as as the season goes on. But I mean, the this at least gives like you some hope watching for the next few weeks. So like, well, and if the division keeps sucking the way it is. Then you know you could. I mean, we could, could lose win it at five and five ten and one. I mean, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. Uh, but yes, it was announced that there is potential for fans to be in the stands in Pittsburgh. Which after today's uh, morning rundown of NFL breaking news. Seems absolutely asinine. It was like I was watching draft night, and it was like every five minutes yep. there was a tweet about a new team. It's like, oh, this okay should this should be ringing a lot more alarm bells than it is. Um, the issue is that like with, with all these positive COVID tests, is that I think it's gonna be really hard for leagues to shut down again. And you're seeing this with European soccer right now as well, where they have international break and players are going across continents <laughs> to play friendlies and are getting are, are po- testing positive or having and it gets even more complicated there because different countries have different regulations for how long you have to quarantine within that like you can't move there was an issue this past weekend in italy where a, a, a team from naples wasn't allowed to go north to play their game because of a government regulation like you're gonna have the same issue with the nfl though where it's like you get to this point where it's money it's all money motivated mm-hmm. they're not they already know that fans are going to be kind of limited uh, you know maybe like a third of the teams in the league and i think that's being really generous are going to have fans in stadiums um you know so already like you're losing out on money there's no way that they're going to stop the tv broadcasts and and like it's just Lose that revenue you know all this like talks of like postponement and stuff i just don't see i think they're just going to run through um that's not what I want to happen. I'm just reading the tea leaves here, and uh, you know this is what greedy people do. So, it's it's a big, big worry that you have the amount of positives that you have, and that you have teams not taking it seriously. I was angry about this with baseball that the players didn't want to do the bubble. That's fine. That's your choice. 
you collectively bargained, you have a union, you're allowed to make that decision because I'm not making that choice for you. But, and I you can roll the tape back to July. If you're going to make the decision, you have to take it seriously mm-hmm. when you're doing the non-bubble. And that starts from the top up. Right. We know that baseball players weren't taking it seriously at the beginning and debatable through the rest of the season as well. They weren't wearing masks in the dugout. They were still spitting, whatever, yada, yada, yada. It's now coming to light that the Titans may have had a a, a workout. Allegedly. Af- allegedly, of course, after they were kind of ordered to shut down the facility and that everyone was to self-isolate because they they popped, I think, what? It was like the first day was three or four yeah. positives, which is a lot. It wasn't just like one isolated incident. Like it was clearly a little bit of a concern. So the players have to take it seriously and – you know that that's that's the issue now, and, it, and it's going to get to a point too where you have multiple teams now involved with positive tests. It was already difficult having to kind of reschedule like the Titans and Steelers and move move a bye week around and all that. Now, if you have to postpone another Titans game, what happens? Then now you have the Bills playing uh, this Sunday and then next Thursday. You can't really move this Sunday. Like it's just it gets so complicated. And again, just like with baseball. The league itself doesn't seem to have a clear like protocol or checklist of, okay, if X happens, here's how we respond with Y, and then we, if that happens, we can go to this, we can do that, we can move this around, we added an extra week at the end of the year, uh, everyone has two bye weeks this year, like, you know, okay, you only, do it like baseball, where it's like you, you have like a series against a team, you know, where it's like, you know, this, this, these are these are great ideas. I think being bounced around by fans, so like just play all your divisional games in a, a month and a half, mm-hmm. and then rotate out and just just make the schedule so you play. We play the the AFC East to right. like what baseball did, where it's like less travel, and you just play all the AFC East teams. Boom, done. Move to the next bubble where we play whoever. You know, like just do it that way. It's that's that's how the season I think should have gone down, but. Expect them just to plow through this. Yeah. Uh, and then less than an hour ago, Teron Davenport, friend of the show, uh, used to cover the Eagles, now covers the Titans for ESPN, uh, tweeted out the league memo that was sent to teams on October 1st um, about, you know, post-COVID exposure procedures and everything. Uh, he said this is important to consider because the players that gathered at NBA for the Titans did so on September 30th. So it was before. Makes you wonder if maybe there was a reason this memo was sent out. Right. <laughs> because now the Titans, as an organization, are up to over 20 positive tests. Like, yeah. COVID, uh, you know, diagnosis. It seems... Uh, and I didn't want to, like... And allegedly, at this NBA September 30th workout, Ryan Tannehill was there. Yeah. And it seemed that there may have been a... A deviation from the like NFL's protocol when you had so many positive tests, um, because like if they were following protocol and like the mask wearing and mm-hmm. stuff, it's supposed to prevent this type of spread. It's supposed to prevent you know a, a, a debilitating amount where again you have twenty people. You know it's supposed to be limit as much as you can to two or three. You know you don't want anyone getting sick obviously, but if you're going to be playing sports not in a bubble with this, you're you're always going to have that risk. Um, so it seemed from the very beginning that there was some lapse in judgment. And then when you also had this meeting this past Monday, the league had with all the teams about reinforcing these ideas and being more strict with things. And what's even 
crazy to me is that um, <laughs> a lot of the the stuff that they were saying, they were like really like backing down. Um, that they were really like going in on uh, like, oh, you have to be doing this. It's like, well, shouldn't teams be have doing that normally i i don't know like shouldn't you be saving your security footage anyway like it mm-hmm. seemed like some bizarre things in there that maybe points to titans maybe not necessarily cooperating like i the the big sticking point was the um the the security footage from the last 30 days seems very sketchy to me that that's like does that seem sketchy to you like that's the big point here like that has nothing to do with covid in my mind of like why do you need like clearly i think that the titans did something wrong here and are not being forthcoming in like a behind the scenes kind my, of investigation. My alleged here. guess was because this all happened after their Vikings game that they yeah. ended up winning by one point. My this not did not happen. Would not be shocked if some of these this players, is parody and not actionable or hypothetical. <laughs> what who's to say that some of these players didn't go out and celebrate right. after? Right, you know, and they're listen. I know that everyone wants to like automatically and listen, the players have to be smarter and at the end of the day, like we've all lived our lives. A vast majority of Americans have lived our lives where like if we're still working, we've gone to work, we haven't seen our friends, we haven't seen close family, we've canceled events, weddings, birthdays, dinners, you know, routines, traditions. So like you should be able to like we're all in this together in a sense, right? Like and it only works best and most effective if we're all doing these things. So if you're like going out and partying still, then what's like, well, like what the hell am I making sacrifices for? You know, like mm-hmm. you know, if I, a person who's not making at minimum five hundred thousand dollars a year, can live my life in a more like hermetic way <laughs> and you know only see like so many people and really like limit my interactions then you should be able to as well um so yeah you know like at the end of the day they're human like they're gonna want to do these things but like everyone's had to make sacrifices this year um you still have your job which is great and i know that it's obviously it, it sucks it sucks for everyone but like again it sucks for everyone this isn't just you, oh, it's poor you. No, everyone has not been able to go out and party. Um, but everyone also isn't getting to make $500,000 at a minimum. At bare minimum. So, you know, you take take your wins and your losses together, I guess. But, yeah, it's um, it's frustrating, and, and I think the players need to be more serious about, um, you know, what they're doing. And I always thought, too, that they said that they were going to stop the post-game, like, handshakes and mm-hmm. stuff. I don't, That all stuff has continued. And then that picture floating around this morning of Stefan Gilmore yeah. in, you know, close proximity of Patrick Mahomes after it comes to find out Stefan Gilmore tested positive. Right. So you're you're left in a position now where like there's lots of teams that are gonna have positive tests and I just don't know where the solution is. And knowing the NFL, they're just gonna plow through this. Yep. Um so the best thing you can do is just hope that it works out um on its own but it's it's not <laughs> and i just worry that you're gonna like this is gonna create a huge snowball where like inevitably i think if proper like decisions aren't going to be made in the next week or really the next few days we should say then i think that has a much more negative effect down the line for the nfl because the issue with the patriots now is that they should not have played that game when they did it should have at the very earliest or latest, however you want to put it. It shouldn't have been Monday night. If they're going to do the thing where it's mm-hmm. like, well, it's only can, whatever. It should have been Tuesday night. You should have given yourself that extra day at least to test. 
and to make sure it's very likely that Gilmore's positive test is probably related to Cam's. Well, they allegedly said the the alleged story is that Cam and Stefan Gilmore went out to eat, and that's how. Okay, but they were also down. practicing and training. Right. And Gilmore, by the way, was on the COVID flight <laughs> that they had, yep. where they had the, the twenty, 20 people that were um, in close proximity to Cam. That's you like. And they just played the game against the Chiefs. If he gave it to some person on the Chiefs who already also have a positive test. It was on Sammy Watkins most of the game. Like, then they play another team. Like, you – and at a point, you're going to have every team with, you know, six, seven guys with COVID. And I just – you know, I, I don't know what happens at that point. And then you get into, like, integrity things where it's like, so let's say the Bills get a, a forfeit win this, this week. They'll have a bye week. And a win that they didn't have to do anything mm-hmm. for, like that's a huge advantage. That's a huge advantage. You know, like and that's it's not like the Bills did anything wrong, but that's a right. that's a pretty big advantage Especially to give to the way a team. Right. So it's just it's a huge headache that I'm personally glad that I don't have to yes. answer for because I, I don't the the best time to have thought about this was five months ago mm-hmm. when you had all the time in the world. You had all the time in the world, and you got to see all the other sp- major sports leagues in North America Plan figure this and out. play out. You know, you, you got to see them tinker a little bit and make mistakes and get to learn, and you didn't. And this is this is you're reaping what you sowed in that regard um, by not just making some smart choices about what to do. And obviously, like, the bubble thing I, I, I don't think can work because it's just such a massive under undertaking to do especially when you have the amount of personnel that the teams do in the NFL. Um, it's just it's way too much to ask uh, players to go away for five months and not see their families and do bubbles. If you did, like, the regional bubbles like we had just suggested and having, like, a week off after each, like, mini tournament against, like, your whatever regional bubble you're in, that that could have worked. But, again, it's too late for that. So it's it's whatever. But, you know, the NHL – the NBA to a lesser extent the baseball, but really the NHL and the NBA were lucky in that they only really had to finish playoffs and they could do a bubble and they could convince players of that. You can't do that with the NFL. Like it's just that logistically that would have been very difficult. And even then, like you still have so many people to keep track of that. That I just think it's very, very challenging. Um, But they should have had ideas coming into this season for how to deal with this. And, just like with baseball, they're showing that they just they were just crossing their fingers and hoping nothing bad would happen. Yep. Which is a, a terrible strategy. Big time. Uh, shout out Gary Bettman for being the best commissioner in sports right now. Yeah, wow. What a turnaround for him. <laughs> How the turntables. Uh, Matt, we did announce before the game on Sunday that uh, we would be giving away an Eagles jersey if the Eagles did, in fact, win. Shout out to our sponsors for allowing us to be able to do this. So we are going to pick our winner. Uh, and scrolling through, I'm going to have you pick a number one, two, or three, Matt, and that will decide. I'm going to have to pick one of my personal favorite numbers, one of our favorite Philly boy numbers here. That is number three. All right, so number three is going to be, if I can pull my list here. circle of death thanks mac <laughs> uh, 
Stand by. The Union are playing the Cincinnati, uh, FC Cincinnati, which is... Speaking of the Union, did you see maybe... they are going to be the first Philly-based team to allow fans in the stands? I, so, like... So, like, we, we all like to pretend that we know everything about COVID, and we don't. And I'm not saying this to undermine the virus itself, but, like, I do feel like we've gotten to a point where, like, any time we, re- we reopen, we automatically think of, like, the worst-case scenario... Like, I, I can remember, like, Memorial Day when, like, the boardwalk reopened. And everyone's like, oh, my God, this is going to be terrible. And in back of my mind, I was like, yeah, this could be really bad. And it wasn't. You know, and then, like, July 4th came and went. I was like, well, boardwalk's fine. Short, like, so, I don't know. Like, maybe, like, outdoors is safer. And we've seen with the NFL that, like, outside of, like, the only thing I've heard about was that Chiefs thing from. Uh, yeah. And that was, like, someone that showed up positive. It's not like they, like, mm-hmm. um, as far as I know, there was. I haven't read up on it. So, who knows. But. So, like, maybe outdoor sport events, you could have those, especially if you limit it. I think they're only going to have, like, 2,500 uh, people. Yeah, so I think it was, like, 2,775 or like something like that. Like, not a ton of people. You Like, when you spread it all out, like, I don't know. You know, I think, like, there has to be a, a middle ground between close everything forever and open everything as it was right now. Like, those are two extremes. And I, know, I think, especially people that want things to be closed, I don't think we'll ever see that their view is an extreme, but it is. Like, at it, the reality is, at a certain point, you need to at least have a conversation about how you can get some trickle of these things back. I'm not saying, like, open the stadium now, let everyone do whatever they want, but, like, you know, I'm hesitant about it, but also I think I'm glad that you're, like, you're starting slow. I, I, I'm happier to start, like, with a a number that small where you can spread fans out very effectively and see how that goes. Like, I think that's, if that's the way we're going to, cause it's out of our control anyway, but if it's going to happen, that's in my mind, at least the safest and smartest way to do it is progressively make sure that you can do it safely at first with small groups and maybe work your way bigger towards the future. Because ultimately like, it's going to happen whether we want it to or not. Let's let's do it the safest way we possibly can. I agree. Uh, and the winner of the Eagles jersey, which this will not be the last time we do this. You know we hook you guys up. Christmas coming, baby. Thanks to our sponsors. Uh, at Mo Swag Lee on the Twitter.com, you are the winner of the Eagles jersey. So we are putting the tweet out now. You have 24 hours claim it otherwise we'll pick a new winner uh thank you to everybody that popped in it got almost 400 retweets um so thank you guys for helping us continue to grow on twitter as today is three-year anniversary of the concept of underground sports philadelphia when it was incepted into your mind didn't even have a name yet uh and it was on you know my facebook memories this morning saw the post and i was like well damn look at where we are three years uh later so thank you guys for supporting us over the past three years it's obviously not our three-year anniversary of the first show yet that's in february kind of weird that exactly four months later we went live for the very first time um but at most swag lee on twitter you are the winner of the eagles jersey so dms all your you know information which player what jersey color all that good stuff and we will uh, get everything situated for you. And this will not be the last 
Eagles jersey giveaway of the season. It's been a rough season so far in terms of wins and losses, so we want to spruce up the season a little bit. So we got you guys covered. Thank you for supporting us big time. You forgot to add ties to that, too. It's been a rough season, wins, losses, yes, and ties. Yes, ties as well, which has kind of proved to uh, be a positive it, right now because they're in first place. It turns out Doug not wanting to, to lose the game of Chess, Spark. not checkers. That, that did put us in the first. Uh, Flyers had the NHL draft, which I didn't even realize was happening. No, uh, that Dylan completely, me. It, like, completely went off my radar. Uh, but they drafted uh a sniper for once yes. and i'm pretty excited about it listening to people that are smarter than i in uh in the hockey world um it seems like the flyers have taken kind of a like a high ceiling types of picks so far in the draft i think the draft actually wrapped up but the first few picks are more like a little bit more boomer bust types of guys which is good i think uh especially with the flyers are set up you can take some of these higher higher ceiling, maybe a little more risky guys that maybe need a little more development um, because you already have a pretty strong team and you can bed them in. So looking forward to, to diving a little deeper on those guys. But yeah, that one snuck up on us for sure. Cause I, I don't know. Like, I think it was because the seeing NBA the NBA team. finals in the middle of October yes. is like still like it's uh, it hurts my brain a little bit. And uh, it's been I've been a little like sports jaded because there's just been so much to watch. It's like with Netflix, you like open it up and you kind of scroll through all your options. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I always wanted to see this. Like, oh, that's such a great movie. And then you just watch nothing, or like you just or, like put The Office on again because it's just like, well, it's a classic for me. Like, it's just it's very hard to to try some try some diversity, but mm-hmm. it's it's difficult. Uh, and I think it's also because the NBA draft itself has been pushed back and you know it's been a while since the nfl draft happened and who knows when we're gonna see the major league baseball draft but uh a lot of people complain the the one complaint about the uh the draft prospect from your philadelphia flyers now that was drafted last night uh tyson forster uh is that he's not a great skater which i feel like is something that can be fixed yeah it's not like he can't shoot it's not like his vision is bad uh there was a guy on the board uh last night that a lot of people were you know pining for your brother included uh his first name was hendrix and i was like damn it's all name team but the the kid has dealt with a ton of concussion issues ton of head injuries and i was like we're already going down that track with nolan patrick right now do we want to do that again with a kid that's younger and I'm kind of glad the Capitals jumped in front of us to draft him. And I, I hope that kid has a successful career, except when he plays the Flyers. But it, it would be a, so on brand for the Flyers to have drafted that kid and have now two guys in the fold where you're worrying about, you know, how long is their career going to play out? Was the pick worth it because of, of a severe recurring injury like head injuries? So, yeah, and I agree. There's also rumors of a... um of a potential trade that the Flyers are going after uh, Patrick Lane. Uh, Interesting. Ghost Law well. in and a prospect possibly going to Winnipeg. People have um, kind of guessed that it might be like Morgan Frost as the prospect. Um, that would be a huge move for the Flyers to make, obviously. Uh, definitely a signal of intent. So definitely keep keep our eyes on that. The Flyers also drafted another left-handed defenseman. His name is escaping me. 
Um, that's like our sixth one, which is, mm-hmm. it, I mean, if you're going to like stack up on a, a commodity in hockey, a uh, defenseman is a good one. A left-handed defenseman is a great one because it's, it's, it's like being a left-handed pitcher, right? Like where it's just, it's kind of a unique thing to have and um, definitely automatically, I think makes you a little more appealing to the eye. So yeah, could, could potentially see ghost out the door, which would be interesting. Interesting for sure, but we'll uh, we'll keep our eyes peeled on on Flyers news. Um, yeah, and speaking of that, Dylan Mazzola, our Flyers Intel guy, he's gonna have a whole write up on UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com recapping the entire draft. If anything happens with Patrick Line, big time Fortnite guy as well. For those of you who uh, don't remember that story, he uh, he's a big time Fortnite player. But um, you know, we'll keep you updated written content when we're not live doing the pod underground sports philadelphia.com um and other than that i think that's all we got kind of a longer show we had a lot to unpack and break down um but make sure you guys are following us on social twitter and instagram a lot of instagram content is going to be ramping up again now that we have our intern christian clipping the show on twitch you'll have clips of the show on instagram twitter all that good stuff at underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram for social media. You can follow Matt on Twitter. And if you're watching on Twitch, you can see our Twitter handles at Matt Castorina at KBIZZL311. And uh, make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. We are in year three of underground sports and it would be kind of badass to hit 3000 followers on Twitter and get 300 five-star ratings and reviews by the end of the year. Get that, that triple three, uh, you know, so hit the five star ratings and reviews. Let us know how you feel about Clentac being gone, who you want to take his place, how you feel about Doc Rivers, your outlook on the Eagles, you know, quarter of the way through the season, and how you think the Flyers did in the draft or anything else that comes to mind. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too, and we know those standards are five stars only. You can also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And like I said, make sure you check out the website, UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com. ton of written fantasy content over there. Uh, I put out a piece the other day, Deshaun Jackson dropped the mixtape, and it's a surprisingly pretty good. Uh, definitely recommend giving it at least one uh, spin. There's some really good beats on there, so check that out. Uh, and all of our other written content, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. And uh, we'll be back live potentially this weekend. If not, you'll see us back here live uh, on Wednesday, breaking down whatever the hell comes our way with Philadelphia sports. You guys are the absolute best. Again, shout out to all of you guys who came through for the giveaway of the Eagles jersey at Mo Swagley on the twitter.com. You are our winner. And like we said, you have 24 hours to claim your prize. So slide in our DMs and give us all your info so we can get that jersey sent out to you ASAP so you can wear it at some point this season. Uh, Show wouldn't be possible in our jersey giveaways and all of our giveaways would not be possible without our incredible local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Precast Concrete Specialists, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, the homies over at Tomahawk Shades, tomahawkshades.com. 
Enter the promo code USP at checkout. Saves you 25% off your entire order. And all orders right now, $75 and over. Qualify for free shipping. They got new styles coming in left and right for the fall season. So make sure you check it out at TomahawkShades.com. And when you go to checkout, promo code USP saves you 25% off your entire order. And then, of course, the homies over at Manscaped, making sure we're feeling comfortable getting the best men's grooming products in the game to us. We tell you guys every time, those Manscaped boxers, most comfortable boxers we have ever worn in our lives. You can get a pair of yours as well. And you get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. Any final thoughts, Matt? Just living the dream, you know. And uh, those living the dream shirts will be out soon. We'll tell you where to get them uh, when we get that all situated. So this has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 272. For Matt, I'm KB. We are signing off. Peace.